1350 ESPN. And we are live on a Friday on a holiday weekend edition of Wicket's World. So much to get to. This could be a five or a six hour show. We only get one, so let's get right to it. We'll talk about the NIL stuff coming up in a bit. I could do hours on the NIL stuff with all kinds of questions that I have. But first, uh, we're going to talk some NFL. We are just a couple of weeks away from all sorts of NFL training camps opening up all over the National Football League. And joining me on the line right now, you read his outstanding work at golongtd.com. You follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn, and he is a man who has blown me off three weeks in a row. <laughs> My good friend Tyler Dunn is on the line. Tyler, appreciate the time so much. Fifty um, percent of me thinks you're going to duck out of this interview early. I'm not going to lie, Mike. It's really tempting to just <laughs> tell all of your listeners right now, F it, I got to go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like, came up. Oh, I got Sammy Watkins calling me on the other line, or Josh <laughs> Allen is uh, hitting me up on my phone, so I got to... They've only gotten one side of the story, so just so everybody knows, Mike, uh, he might, I think he's embellishing this one just a tad. Just a tad, leaving out a few important details, but here we are, so let's do it. I only get 12 minutes with you, Tyler. I don't have time for your lies. Uh, I do want to hit the big five here in Des Moines. There are five big fan bases. Jeremy Fowler was on Greeny's show earlier today here on 1350 ESPN. And his, to paraphrase, he told Mike Greenberg that there is no trade market for Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know later today is the deadline for opting out. I don't expect him or anybody to do that for COVID rules and he'd still keep his money. But do you believe that statement from Jeremy Fowler? He just plugged in as they get. Like Jeremy's fantastic and, and just a really good guy too. But I, I, I don't know. Like maybe I think he may be reporting that because it is true. If if Green Bay is sticking to their stance that they aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers, then I guess it's true, right? Literally, there wouldn't be a market for him. But the second that they say he's available, and God, they better say it. If he ain't walking through that door, I'm telling you right now. They want to turn camp. I will be shocked. I'll go on your show, God, as many times as you want, you know, and at 4.30 a.m. if he shows up. I can't see it. I can't see it, Mike. He's dug in. So Green Bay's got to face that reality that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to just change his mind and show up with a big smile on his face. And when they do decide that, which I think is inevitable at some point, there will be a market for the league MVP. I mean, you're really going to go with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater? over Aaron Rodgers. You're really going to go with Derek Carr. You're really going to go with Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, those are three at the top of my head. Uh, he, he's arguably the best in the game. So there would instantly be a major, major market for him, no doubt. So you think Rodgers, you're going on record. You think Jordan Love will be the starter, barring any injuries or any setbacks. You think Jordan Love's the starter when uh, training camp opens, training camp closes, and they start the regular season? You know, I'll say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the starter. I mean, maybe they get Derek Carr on a trade, you know, or maybe they want to get a veteran going for a few weeks before they want to turn it over to Jordan Love. But, yeah, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers week one. I mean, you know him as well as I do, Mike. He's, he's got a unique personality. You know, when, he's, when you're out, you're out. Family, friends, ex-teammates. Brian Gutekind appears to be out from everything I've heard, that short of people getting fired, short of major structural change to the way the Green Bay Packers do business, 
Aaron Rodgers does not want to play for the Packers. Like, I get it. There, there is that lingering possibility that he just shows up and he has that smirk on his face. And he says, all of us in the media just launched a smear campaign and he just wanted to chill for the offseason. That, that, that's out there. But, you know, pe- people close to him, people on the team, they're not holding their breath. I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. They, they, don't, they don't see this happen. I could talk Packers with you for hours, you know that, but I do want to move on. There are four other ma- major fan bases here in Des Moines, uh, and yeah. it was announced about an hour ago, and I don't quite understand why anyone would want to go on HBO Hard Knocks, but the Hard Knocks team this year will be the Dallas Cowboys. With a team coming off a season like they had last year, with all the uncertainty about Mike McCarthy and, and whether or not he's the right man for the job, Dak coming back off injury, as horrible as the defense was, what is Dallas doing going on Hard Knocks? <laughs> well, if it's the, the watered-down, sanitized version of Hard Knocks that we've seen the last couple of years, then I, I guess we're not going to see much of anything. You know, the team signs off on it. and I mean, that Raiders Hard Knocks was a joke. There was nothing to take away. All those personalities in that locker room, and you, and you give the public that nonsense, just it was a waste of time every week. So, you know, I'm sure Jerry Jones isn't going to broadcast anything that Jerry Jones does not want out there we're not going to get the real story of the Dallas Cowboys. Hard Knocks was great early on, right? Those early years when it was a little more raw. Yeah, the Browns um, or the Cowboys, like those, or the Browns or the, the Dolphins, those were good yeah. Hard Knoxes. Right. I, I think it's a waste of time now. It's just uh, overly sanitized, and it's like it's going through these poll-tested PR discussion sessions every single second of every single episode. Like, no thanks. Give me curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> is, is, is Dallas in a position to make the playoffs next year for as bad as everything got after the Dak injury, for as bad as the defense was, Mike McCarthy in year two, do you expect Dallas to get to eight, nine, ten wins? Absolutely not. I think they're going to be a disaster. I mean, it looks good. <laughs> they, win the pre- they win the press conference. They win the press conference, Mike. Like, they, they give Dak. I like Dak, too. I mean, he deserves the money, but whether it's him or Amari Cooper or Zeke Elliott or Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, all these, they, they get all their money, and, you know, it looks, it looks good. But it, the, the, the inside out, they're not built the right way. I mean, the, the line is aging and, and not nearly what it was three, four years ago. The defense is historically bad, like really, really bad. Teams just moved the ball at will on them last season. And I don't really think they got that much better. Like, is, is Dan Quinn turning that unit around? I don't think so. I mean, these draft picks that they brought in, a lot of them have a ton of red flags character-wise. You know, I, I, we went, we've heard that before in Dallas, right? Something could blow up there. I, I, just, I just don't see a Mike McCarthy-led operation improving on defense. I mean, I've talked to players in Green Bay. They, they said in training camp, and we, we saw it too at practice, they never hit. You know, they never hit. And his attention was toward the offense. He, he wasn't even around those drills on defense much at all. I think that just seeps through every pore of your organization, and and there'll never be a team that wins with defense. And their offense, I'm sure they'll put up a lot of points, put up a lot of yards, but that's not going to be enough. Talking with NFL insider Tyler Dunn. Read his outstanding work at golongtd.com on Twitter, at Ty Dunn. Just a windy city. It, I, I know that this kind of feels like a bit of a reset drafting Justin Fields, but is Matt Nagy's career in Chicago tied to Justin Fields? 
It better be. And Ryan Pace and everybody there. I think everybody, you know, you catch them in an honest moment, I bet they're pretty surprised that they all kept their jobs, right? Like, they, they could not cross the ball past midfield with Nick Foles for, it seemed like, a month and a half. And the season has just taken this tailspin. And then they kind of get into the soft part of their schedule. They finally play Mitchell Trubisky only because Foles got hurt. He beats those three teams, and they sneak into the playoffs at 8-8, eight and, eight, and everybody kind of keeps their jobs. So it is strange. I think a lot of fans were shocked that they're, they're going to run this back. And, hey, they approached it this offseason with the sense of desperation that they needed. You have to hand it, I guess, to Nagy and, and Pace that they took a swing at every single potential quarterback. We, we wrote about it at Go Long a few weeks ago. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger even, Carson Wentz, they were exploring everything, and they really thought they were going to get Russell Wilson. They thought that John Schneider was done. Like, he was, Schneider was ready to move on from what I was told, and, and Carroll's the one that kind of swooped in and said, oh, not yet. I don't want this to be my legacy. Uh, and, yeah, they end up with Justin Fields. Maybe that was the best option all along because he's so young, because you buy yourself more time with a young quarterback. You know, he, he, you get him going. If he shows any promise at all, they're going to keep everybody around another year. So I think it was smart in the end, and I don't know. I'm no mock drafting all-22 expert, but anytime I watched Ohio State, he was unbelievable. <laughs> He's getting the snot beat out of him against Clemson and throwing six touchdowns. Give me that guy. That rib, I can't believe he got up from that shot he took Whew. in that game late, what was that, January or late December, whatever it was. Uh, staying in the North, how much confidence do you think the Vikings have in their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, behind closed doors, not in front of those microphones? Man, too much, I think. You know, I think that they kind of convinced themselves that Kirk Cousins can get them get them to the Super Bowl when they could have got out of that contract last year, right? They didn't have to give him that extension. They really could have hit reset. Yet they try to have it both ways. They, they bring him back. They give Dalvin Cook his money. Um, and then they reset on defense. And a lot of these young players, they were exposed last year. I'll say this, though. I'm you know, negative about all these teams. I mean, I like what the Vikings are doing now. Like, they, and I'm not even really a Kirk Cousins fan, but all of a sudden that defense is looking pretty good. Those young players that they drafted, especially in the secondary, they get a full off season to learn Mike Zimmer's defense, which is so hard to learn, maybe the hardest in the NFL. And they bring in a lot of veterans, guys like Patrick Peterson. I mean, they're going to help that room grow big time. And, and offensively, they can score at will. I mean, which is crazy to say with Kirk Cousins, but my gosh, when it's humming, I, I think that they can keep up with just about any team in the NFC. So, yeah, all of a sudden, especially if Aaron Rodgers isn't in that NFC North, I, I, the Vikings, the expectation should be the win of the division and then compete for a Super Bowl. Before I ask you about Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, if you were to power rank one through four, the NFC North, where do you go, considering you don't think that Mr. Rodgers is going back to Green Bay? I'll still put Green Bay number one because I probably like Jordan Love more than most. Um, you think? Wait, you I, think the Packers can win the North with Jordan Love this year? No doubt. Yeah, it's, Brian Gutekunst has done a really good job. I, it's weird to kind of see, you know, his name dragged through the muck, and everybody saying he didn't do enough around Aaron. Rod- I think mean, scored more points than any team in the NFL. I, I get it. Rodgers has a lot to do with it, but. These other players aren't slouches. Like, they've found guys like A.J. Dillon and Mark Weddell, this again, who 
who break the mold at their positions. I mean, MVS is big, strong, fast, led the league in yards per reception. A.J. Dillon, 250, 7.8% body fat. We all see the quads. I mean, he is maybe Derrick Henry 2.0. And defensively, it's funny. They show that graphic of all these first-round picks they've taken on defense like it's a bad thing. Well, don't people know Mike McCarthy's defense has meltdown after meltdown? They needed to completely reset on defense. And all these players that they've been drafting are only going to get better. So, yeah, I think with Jordan Love, they can win the division because the team is that deep wherever you look. So you've got Green Bay 1, it sounds like Minnesota 2, Chicago 3, and then Detroit, I assume? You got it. Yeah. That's got to be it in my, in my head, yeah. It's, it, Detroit just is, uh, God, it's a hard roster to look at. <laughs> I'll say this, though. I think in Vegas, <laughs> they're at 5, at 5 wins in Vegas. They have oh. a 17-game schedule. Give me the over. I think golf can get them to 5 or 6. Oh, said nobody ever. I got to get the last team in here before I get you out of here, Tyler. Again, golongtd.com's Tyler Dunn joining me. Uh, there are a lot of Chiefs fans all around this state. Closest NFL stadium is Arrowhead. They were embarrassed in the Super Bowl. How much of a chip is actually playing, or are the, the Chiefs actually playing with on their shoulder this year? Oh, my God. It's got to be huge. It's, first of all, I love that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but they're always talking about, like, dynasty and going undefeated. I mean, that's good. It's a new existence. <laughs> Players are terrified to talk like that. They don't, they don't give a crap. Like, I love it, and they're, they're absolutely right. Like, they absolutely could run the table with the talent they have. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I've, he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback ever when it's all said and done. Nobody's, doing, nobody's ever done stuff that he's done. I, I think that they'll absolutely have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, I, I get it. There's some problems on defense. There's some holes on defense. But they, it, it ended up catching up to him to a degree. But more than anything, they just had to protect Patrick Holmes, and he's running for his life. They addressed that in a big way. They'll be good. I, I think they're the team to beat, no doubt. Tyler, I know that uh, what you have written about over at GoLongTD.com is getting a ton of national attention. For those that are unfamiliar with your site, your Eric Kramer story pulls every emotion out of human beings. Let our listeners know what you got going on at GoLongTD.com, and that Eric Kramer story is bananas. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for reading that, Mike. It was, my God, I feel like we could have talked for, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours and still wouldn't have uncovered, you know, much of it. It's crazy. I mean, from the severe depression to the suicide attempts to his brain taking five years to wake up to an ex-girlfriend then coercing him into a sham marriage and between her and the legal system stealing $700,000, it's insane. He's good now. His brain is in a great place. And he wants to talk about it. You know, he... He's got a reputation that he believes was ruined through an invented domestic assault charge. So I think that Eric Kramer is, is willing and able to share his story finally when he couldn't for five years with the brain, as he said, of a six-year-old. So we're going to have him on our uh, weekly Zoom happy hour tonight for subscribers. And we have the three-part series up. It's unlocked for, for all readers to check out. Uh, but now they can get a chance to kind of hang out with him and ask Eric Kramer questions themselves on our Zoom, so would love it if any of your listeners wanted to subscribe. We'll be there 7 o'clock tonight. It is very, very cool. The story is just, I, I mean, it, it feels like it could be a Netflix docuseries. It really could, Tyler. I agree. I agree, and, and I, I don't think this is the end of him telling his story. You know, I, I think we'll, we'll have to figure something out because there's a lot more to get into, trust me. 
Tyler, appreciate it, man. It is good to track you down. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again, and it won't take me six attempts to do it. Uh, but uh, thank you again for coming on. Have a great holiday weekend. You too, brother. It's great talking to you. Anytime. I mean it. Any anytime. anytime except when I ask. <laughs> no. Mark, book it. All right. Punch it in, actually. Punch it in. Punch it in. <laughs> The great Tyler Dunn joining us here on the hotline. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn. Uh, and, again, online at golongtd.com. Tyler, take care, brother. You too, Wicket. Thanks, man. See you later. Uh, we will talk more, hopefully, with Tyler coming up uh, as we get closer and into training camp about the Big Five, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. Straight ahead, I am absolutely fascinated by what has happened in the world of college sports over the last 24, 48 hours and I want to get into NIL coming up next. You're listening to Wicket's World on Des Moines 1350 ESPN. Friday, I'm Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Thanks again to Tyler Dunn. If you missed anything, you can always podcast it over at ESPNDesMoines.com. We have the Cubs and Reds tonight. Game one after the Cubs got swept up in Milwaukee. It'll be the Cubs in Cincinnati, I believe, 6 o'clock for first pitch. Pete's eating a Twinkie right now, so he can't even answer me. How's that, how's that unicorn? It's called a breakfast burrito. Okay. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Biggest story that I didn't realize I was going to care about and I'm fascinated by is easily the name, image, likeness. We talked a little bit about it last week, and I was kind of alluding to not really understanding it and not totally understanding what, you know, this meant for, for kids. And I started conversing about it and reading about it, and it just opened up like Pandora's box of questions that I have about what... NIL means. And I could do, I feel like I could do like 10 hours on this. But one of the things, and I'm going to try to hit as many of these as I can, and, and feel free, Pete, to, to jump in on, on some of these. But if you haven't heard, kids can now profit, college athletes can now profit off their name, image, and likeness. And uh, there are guys like yesterday, Iowa's Jordan Bohannon did an appearance at a fireworks distributor here in, I think, in Windsor Heights. And for every 10 bucks you spent, you got a raffle ticket to win his shoes or something along those lines. He also has his own apparel uh, website. Derek King, who's the quarterback in Miami, was selling signed Derek King Miami Hurricane helmets, the white one with the U, for 600 bucks a piece. Ooh. And I guarantee you those sold out. Oh, However boy. many he signed, I guarantee you there are enough rich Miami fans mm -hmm. that have 600 bucks that would want the current quarterback, who may turn out to be a star, we don't know. Uh, Boost Mobile sponsored two female Fresno State basketball players. They were the very first deal, I think, that went off. Uh, Boost Mobile is sponsoring that. They have like 3 million followers on TikTok mm -hmm. between the two of them. Um, I've seen different podcasts get sponsored, like in Nebraska, Two of the guys on the basketball team got sponsored by a local bar to do a podcast. Uh, somebody brought up a great point that now you're going to have networks that are going to wind up having uh, players come on during, like radio networks, having players do appearances for $50,000. Why not? Yeah. 
You know, like if you're Ohio State or Alabama and you want to get the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is after Mac Jones and Justin Fields are gone, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure they'll do just fine. Yeah. But you're going to see radio companies and TV companies paying these guys for weekly interviews. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I think it's great. But I also think that there's going to be a question of, well, he got a deal, but he didn't get a deal. Or he got a deal, but I didn't get a deal. And that's, that's one of the big points in all of this. I think people fear that, for football, let's say, for argument's sake, there are going to be 85 guys that are all going to have TV and endorsement deals and radio deals and all these products for name, image, likeness. That's not the case. Like, I don't think that the third tight end for Iowa is going to wind up getting a deal for a product or an appearance or anything on those, you know, of that nature. Charles Barkley was on the Dan Patrick show and uh, had this to say over on Fox Sports Radio. They, they act like everybody in college now is going to start rolling in the dough. And I'm saying, well, that's not true. Nobody's going to be buying an offensive lineman's jersey. He's not going to get a car deal. Now, the quarterback and the running back and maybe a star defensive player, they're going to make some money. But like I say, people are going to buy their jersey, and they might get a car deal. They might even get a restaurant deal. But most of the players, they're not going to make any money. But this notion that, wow, this is going to be great for college athletics. All these people are going to make a lot of money. I don't believe that. Man, the backup guy or, or somebody like that, yeah, Charles Barkley would have made a lot of money in college. Uh, probably Chuck Person. But that's pretty much it on our team. Oh, I, uh, Bo Jackson at my college at Auburn, the greatest thing I've seen is Bo Jackson is play college football. He's going to make a lot of money. But what really bothers me and scares me about the whole scenario, Dan, is there could be so much resentment from my other teammates. I mean, they're like, damn, Charles is selling jerseys. He's got a car deal. We work just as hard as him. Same thing with Bo Jackson. Like the offensive lineman, he opens up all the holes for Bo Jackson. If Bo Jackson is making all this money, and the offensive lineman who actually do all the work, they're not making a dime. I think there's going to be great resentment and jealousy on these teams. I think yeah, it's a great I think point. That's a great point. Yeah, thanks, Dan. You and me agree. Yeah, Dan and I on the same page. I think it's a great point. I mean, there is no doubt that somebody who thinks they're doing somebody who might be a wide receiver but isn't quite as prolific as the other wide receiver, but they're still out there working their tail off. And why does the other wide receiver, the face of the team, why does that guy get the car endorsement? Why does that guy get? That is just a new challenge that football and basketball and hockey and baseball locker rooms are all going to have to figure out in, in this world of name, image, and likeness. N listen, not everybody gets the same opportunity. That is a lesson about life. That is a lesson about name, image, likeness. That is the lesson for these, these locker rooms. I mean, I did a blog over at ESPNDesMoines.com yesterday. And I had, you know, you've heard that conversation like, boy, what would Willie Mays be worth today mm -hmm. in today's dollars? What would Wayne Gretzky make today? Well, I, I thought about that in the college world. Like, I, I have my top five college players. What would they be worth or who would have profited the most 
in the Twitter era, so I backed it up to 2006. Okay. To now, like, who, who would have really loved to have been born about 15 years later and profited? I think there's an easy number one. Who's your number one? Johnny Football. I got him at three. Three? Johnny already profited <laughs> off yeah, football, and he would have profited right? a lot more if it was legal. I don't, there's no wrong answer here. Mm-hmm. But Johnny Football made more money than most of the guys already. That's fair. He admitted it. I mean, he was a rock star. He was. The, I mean, Drake made a damn song about yeah. Johnny Manziel. That's true. So I've got him at three. Number two, I've got Zion Williamson, oh, who yeah. was... You don't get must-see TV college basketball players anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luca Garza was not must-see TV. No. Unless you're an Iowa fan. That's true. I don't know who else you know you would put in that category... But Zion was. It didn't matter if Duke was playing North Carolina. It didn't matter if Duke was playing Alabama, A&T, Tech State. Mm-hmm. Zion was the draw. And I've got number one, Tim Tebow. That's also another one I thought of. Tim, you may love Tim. You might hate Tim Tebow. You, but the one thing you know is there is a passionate fan base. And I don't care about your thoughts on religion. There, are, there aren't any great college football players at the quarterback spot who are as passionate about football and as passionate about their religion as, t- as Tim Tebow was. Yeah. And the line of companies that would have backed the Brinks truck up to have Tim Tebow with that million-dollar smile and his good looks and his wholesome presentation, that's the perfect spokesman for anything. Tim Tebow was my one. Zion was two. Johnny was three. I had Cam Newton at number four. Mm. And I had uh, Trevor Lawrence at number five. Okay. Those the, and then I had some honorable mentions in there, like I had Indomitian Sue, Kemba Walker, Joe Burrow, Ben Simmons, and Derek Rose. Would have been guys to me that would have profited. The list can go on and on and on. Yeah. But one of the big changes, I want to talk about this coming up next, because right now, you ever been to Tuscaloosa? It's big. Really? All right? It's about that big. A lot of these cities where these major universities are aren't very big cities. Yeah. So what does this mean for the big markets in terms of recruiting? I think this is going to be a cosmic shift for the big cities with the universities. I want to talk about it coming up next. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. Back with you, Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. You're on a Friday. We do it every Friday at noon on Twitter at uh, ESPN DSM and uh, on Facebook. Don't forget to like the page. We're broadcasting live. You can watch the show. Talking at IL here, and I was thinking really hard about this because there are, I mean, the conversation here is unlimited. Andrew Brandt, who covers the business of sports, called it the Wild West. And it was like yesterday morning, I was refreshing. His tweets and Darren Ravel's tweets, who writes about the business of sports from a different angle. He does a lot more with gambling and, you know, dollars and cents. And Andrew Brandt, who used to work in the Green Bay Packers organization, he teaches at a university and he he does a lot with the law and the, the dollars and such. And both of them had great stuff. And yesterday it was like, boom, here's the deal for there's a, a Jackson State football player who got a deal with a barbershop. Boom, there's the Boost Mobile deal for the two female basketball players from Fresno State. Boom, there's Derek King, the quarterback of Miami, who's got a $20,000 deal with college hunks hauling junk. Boom, there's Jordan Bohannon. Boom, there's this. Boom. So they were coming. And it got me to thinking, 
about the markets that kids are going to get. Now, if you're a stud quarterback, let's say you're the number one quarterback and you're from, let's say you're like Graham Mertz, mm-hmm. who was one of the top quarterbacks in the country from Overland Park, Kansas, and he wound up going to Wisconsin. I have to wonder what this does to the recruiting game. Does this change the priority for a kid? I'm sure. Because any school can, any D1 school can get you to the NFL, right? Like you can go to any school for the most part and get to the National Football League. That's a, it's an even kind of an even path. Yeah, if you're at Ohio State, yeah, if you're at Alabama, yeah, if you're at Auburn, you have a better opportunity. But for the most part, seven rounds, 280 picks or whatever they are in the draft, you got a good chance to get to the NFL based if you're if you're good enough, all right? But what if the priority isn't necessarily only to get to the NFL? What if a kid realizes that he's pretty dang good, but there's these financial options that are out there. And all of a sudden, instead of going to Wisconsin because they recruited him well and he fits in, what about looking at Los Angeles? That's what I was thinking. What about looking at New York? What about looking at Chicago? Let's stick with L.A. for a second. USC and UCLA haven't really been terribly... Well, USC hasn't been USC-like since Pete Carroll left. Mm-hmm. UCLA has been... Doing this for a while. They're up, they're down, they win six games a year. But if you're a stud quarterback or a stud wide receiver, and you have a scholarship offer from, let's, let's say, Alabama, that's great. You're going to go join a bunch of five stars. You're probably going to win a lot of games. But what are you going to endorse in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? A Jiffy Lube? Nothing wrong with a Jiffy Lube. But if you go to Los Angeles and you're USC and you're the University of the Stars and you're in L.A. and you've got Hollywood walking around, you've got agents walking around, you have the second biggest television market in the country surrounding you, you have celebrities from the world of music, where are you going to want to go to fill your bank? Now, in today's day and age... It's easier to do more remotely. We all know what Zoom means for a lot, like my job. But if you can go be, if you are a stud, I'm talking about the elite recruits, the five-star kids, the four-star kids, and you have an interest not only in playing football, because you can play football at USC. You can play football at Alabama. But if you can make a lot more money, I think we may see a shift in the recruiting side of this. And if USC or UCLA or uh, Northwestern, and I know their grade situation is very difficult at Northwestern, but the academics aside, Northwestern has Chicago. Massive media market, massive television market, massive amount of people, whole lot of eyes can get on you. Or New York, who doesn't have a great football program anywhere in the vicinity, but you got Rutgers in Piscataway, New Jersey. Right across the, the tunnel. Are you saying that Syracuse is going to be the next football dynasty? I w- Syracuse isn't... Is Syracuse too close? Because that's upstate. That's yeah. not NYC. But I don't know another New York school. That would be that, that I mean, Georgetown is... Where's Georgetown? Is Georgetown in D.C.? I think it's D.C. D.C. But anywhere along the line over there mm-hmm. that doesn't have football powerhouses... I mean, even Boston College. Mm-hmm. You're in, you got Boston. You have all those media markets right there. Philadelphia has Villanova. You know, Pittsburgh has Pitt. 
I mean, you all of a sudden, big cities may br may bring in the attraction because of the possibility of more endorsements, more appearances, more eyes, more markets that have money to spend on you. I think that is going to be a huge factor in recruiting down the line. If you're at Washington State, how do you recruit? No offense to Ames, Iowa, mm -hmm. but you're behind the eight ball right now. I mean, Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach. Program's going in the right direction. But Matt can't, I believe that a school like Iowa State in a city like Ames, their job just got a lot harder mm -hmm. because things were equal. You weren't allowed to, wink, wink, have $100 handshakes. It depends on, it's going to depend on the player, though. Sure, what's more important? Yeah. You know, if a kid thinks, well, regardless of whatever school I'm going to go to, and let's not kid ourselves, kids get $100 handshakes, kids get gifts, kids do. Mm -hmm. Listen, it happens at every school. Iowa, Iowa State, Arizona. They get caught like Tennessee. Exactly. It happens everywhere. And if a kid's like, I don't care, I'm going to go play football for four years and get drafted in the NFL, if you're a, you know, a stud quarterback, stud wide receiver, you're probably a good shot, you know what you're doing. But if it comes down to, well, I have a family, and a lot. let's be true here, too. A lot of these kids come from bad backgrounds, from the inner cities of some horrible, horrible towns. Downtown Detroit, south side of Chicago, uh, the east side of Des Moines isn't exactly great. And if you get a kid who has zero money and can go somewhere, where's, where can he maximize the amount of dollars that he can send back to mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Lawrence, Kansas, where he's got a good chance to win playing basketball, or UCLA, where he's got a good chance to get on TV weekly for $5,000. Now, that can lead to some trouble. We know what I was stupid with money when I was 18, 19 years old, 40. But you, you realize, you have to realize that if you're one of these major markets, now you have another tool. Now you have another recruiting piece to snag the biggest fish. Going back to what Barkley said, the sixth point guard, on, you know, the or point guard's the wrong thing to use. The sixth tight end on a roster isn't going to get a lot of love. Mm -hmm. But that number one wide receiver, that number one running back, that number, those guys are going to be the ones that schools are going to say, hey, we got the, you know, we got downtown Chicago right down the, uh, the L from us here in, Evan in Evanston. Or, hey, we got Hollywood right down the road, the Big Apples right there. I mean, that to me is not being talked about enough, the fact that kids are going to get recruited. Now, Matt Campbell's got to recruit not just against Alabama and its legacy, but they've got to recruit against Miami because of what Miami offers or Atlanta because of what Atlanta offers. I mean, that, that's a complete conversation for a five-hour podcast that <laughs> I would definitely love to get to. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a seismic shift. I believe we're going to start seeing kids going to the bigger schools. I mean, sorry to Clemson. What's Clemson, South Carolina offer? Uh, Good football. Mm -hmm. Good football. Don't get me wrong. Good football. Dabo's great. Trevor Lawrence was great. Deshaun Watson was great. Good recent history, which is important for young kids today. They don't care about the 1980s. They don't care about what, how good Michigan used to be. They want us to know who's on TV now. How can they get on TV? And how can they maximize their value? Uh, coming up, I want to switch gears. I do want to get to the big story about the Olympics. And uh, Shakari Richardson, 
She uh, is not going to be participating in the Tokyo Games. I have strong thoughts about it, and I cannot believe how ridiculous some people are acting uh, about this suspension. Plus, I have an annual reminder going into the 4th of July weekend that you must take note of. We'll do that next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. This is Wicket's World on Des Moines, 1350 ESPN. ESPN. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Here on a Friday. Hopefully you have yourself a good holiday weekend. Uh, the news that came down earlier this morning about Shakari Richardson. She is a sprinter. And she is allegedly the fastest woman on the world. Fastest woman in the world. Excuse me. She's the fastest woman in the world. And she was supposed to be, you know, dead center of the big race. The 100 meter dash going on at the Tokyo Games later this month. Problem is, she tested positive for marijuana. And she said, uh, as we waited for the rule to come down from the Olympic team and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency and, and all that stuff, you know, the worry was, is she going to get suspended for something like weed? Well, it turned out she has been suspended. She is done. She will not be racing unless something dramatic happens. She will not be racing in the Olympic Games. She will not be racing for the, the American team. She will not be racing in the 100 meter, nor in the 4x100 relay team. She is done. She's 21 years old. She smoked pot on June 19th. Her mother died. And she couldn't deal with the stress. And so she, and I don't know if it was a joint or if it was a pipe or what it was, but she smoked marijuana. Earlier today, she was on the Today Show, and she said this. I will just leave out there is that, like I tweeted and said yesterday, I'm human. We're human. Um, my statement, what I always say in my interviews, um, I want to be as transparent as possible with you guys, whether it's good, whether it's bad. But when it comes to Shakira Richardson, it's never been a steroid. It will never be a steroid attached to the name Shakira Richardson. So charge and what the, the situation was was marijuana. I'm not encouraging anybody to do it. I'm not saying oh, don't do it or anything like that but if you choose to do things um, in your personal time or things like that, you just should know or be aware of the consequences or just know or just find different ways to just cope or do what it is that you that will make you feel better. So she is I guess she's owning it, right? I guess she's owning her mistake. She said, I'm human, I made a mistake. Um, she smoked weed to cope with the death of her mom. And I feel horrible for her. I mean, you can just hear how upset she is, and she has a huge amount of support. But here's the deal, and this is, might be a very unpopular opinion. I don't have, outside of the loss of her mother, I don't have a lot of, a lot of sympathy for her. The rules are simple. Don't smoke weed. I mean, that's, that's, kind of, that, that's a pretty black and white, you put it up on the board, boom, it says don't smoke weed. She smoked weed. I'm not justifying the use of marijuana. I, I will probably argue to the death that weed should be legal. I'm a big fan of it being recreational for others to use. If, if you're of age, if you're 18, 21, that's for the politicians to debate. That's for your state to debate. 
And she smoked it in Oregon where it is legal. But here's the deal. The rules say do not smoke weed. And if the rules say do not smoke weed, do you know what you should do? You should not smoke weed. She didn't mistakenly eat an edible. She didn't pick up a marijuana gummy by accident, thinking it was a Starburst, pop it and test positive. She admitted to it. She either lit up a joint, took a hit off a joint, lit up a pipe, took a hit off a pipe, whatever. But you don't do that by accident. All right? You don't, you don't just, oops, <laughs> how did this get in here? I have no sympathy for her. Now, she's 21, and she has another chance a couple of years from now. And Are they the 2024 games because of COVID? Do we go back to 24? I think so, yeah. Okay. She'll have another chance, and she'll still be in great physical condition to run. That's like the peak end. Maybe you get one more. Phelps did it for another. He did three Olympics, whatever. But this is on her. And I cannot believe how many people I see on Facebook, on Twitter, saying the IOC should be ashamed of themselves. Weed is not an enhancing drug. You're right about that. It's not an enhancing drug. But it is on the list of stuff you're not supposed to do with the exception of CBD. You're allowed to use CBD if you're on the team to help with pain. You're not allowed to smoke marijuana. It does not. I don't think it makes her faster. It certainly doesn't make her more doesn't make me more motivated. I can tell you that. Not that I would do those things, Pete. Never. Never. You're a college kid. You've never been around yeah, that, right? Law-abiding citizen Thank right here. God, you know, you're a young man at Mizzou. You go to Columbia. Mm-hmm. You would never see that on campus. Absolutely never. Thank God. Mm-hmm. The youth of America. But I have zero empathy or sympathy or whatever the right term is for Shakari Richardson. She did this to herself. And the fact that so many people are on board with... This is, an, a, this is a horrible thing the IOC is doing. It's not legal. I don't like the fact the speed limit is 55 or 60, but that, that I have to abide by that. And if I don't, you know what happens? I get punished. If I go 120 down 235, I'm going to get stopped, I'm going to get punished, and I'm not going to drive much longer. And unfortunately, Shikari got stopped going 120. Maybe it was just one time. Maybe she was only doing it for 10 seconds, but she got stopped doing 120 in a 55. So stop with the, this is unjust. This is unfair. This is totally fair. It's in the rules. I'm sorry she lost her mother. It's horrible. But she should have picked a different way to cope with the pain. As horrible as that is for me to say, I understand, but that's my true feelings on it. I also have one more real quick. Do I got about a minute left here, Pete? Is that right? Just about a minute. But minute left. This is your yearly reminder of the five dumbest things to record on your phone because it is 4th of July weekend. You will go to a fireworks show. Number one, sporting events, unless you have great seats. Number two, a stand-up comedy routine. That's just lame. Number three, an air show. Number two, concerts. You're never going to watch it again. And this weekend is the pinnacle of stupid stuff to record on your phone. Fireworks shows. Knock it off. We don't want to see it. You're never going to watch any of those things I just talked about ever again, unless you're sitting courtside or behind home plate. Mm-hmm. You're usually in the 50th row, and they're dots. The same thing goes for planes in the sky and fireworks. Don't record your fireworks. Set your phone down, enjoy them with your family, and drink another beer. My thanks to Tyler Dunn for joining me. If you missed anything, podcast it at ESPN. Des Moines.com. Pete, have yourself a great holiday weekend, my friend. I will.
Happy 4th of July. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. My name is Mike Wickett. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.